Assalamu alaikum everyone and welcome to the Omarpreneur podcast where I interview Muslim entrepreneurs at the top of their game that are creating amazing businesses that are making an impact and changing the world. And today I have with me brother Hassam who comes to us as the CEO of Rabat. I hope I pronounced that right actually. You, you can it, correct me Hassam if I'm wrong. It's Rabat. Rabat. All right. Beautiful. Rabat. I, it's like my Arabic accent coming out right now. <laughs> putting a lot of emphasis on the V. And tell me where, where does that name or, originate from exactly? Sure. So Rabt is an Arabic word, which means to connect. Mm -hmm. And uh, the purpose of our company is about connecting Muslims uh, with Islam and the true teachings and uh, how the younger generation, which is uh, very much disconnected. So this mm -hmm. is a platform where they can connect. Got it. Okay, awesome. And before we dive deeper into that and really just kind of dissecting it, because I know there's a lot more that goes into it. I want to know about you, Hassam. If we can get a quick intro for our audience who isn't familiar with yourself as an entrepreneur, can you give us just a quick high-level view of who you are? Sure. Uh, so for the past 10 years, uh, I've been uh, working with tech startups and uh, some Fortune 500 companies like GoDaddy and Johnson & Johnson. Mm -hmm. And I have a computer science background. And uh, since 2015, I've been uh, like my first startup was in Hajj and Umrah where we build a wearable product for the pilgrims that they, they can communicate with one another and they can navigate through uh, the Hajj and Umrah journey because uh, that was one of the, the key challenges for any foreign pilgrim that goes there. And because of the new places, they have to find the location and also because of huge crowds, they, have, they, they get lost and uh, because of stampedes, some of them get injured. So this was the main focus and uh, we did well with uh, the product launch, but uh, unfortunately we couldn't continue forward because of some uh, uh, lack of funds and other stuff. So then uh, I was uh, working with a few companies and consulting and in, uh, in the business space. And uh, then my, the second uh, startup was also focused on FinTech uh, platform uh, where we wanted to have uh, a digital solution for people who want to book uh, Islamic uh, travel-related uh, packages, whether it be Al-Aqsa, whether it be Hajj and Umrah, or any uh, Muslim travel destinations. Mm -hmm. So uh, that was my second company, and uh, this company which I'm working on uh, is since 2020. And uh, I was in the UK. Uh, I was uh, working with a few uh, of our partner companies there. And uh, there I realized uh, that there, there is a lot of gap in the Islamic content space. Uh, and the existing solutions are not catered towards the Gen Z and millennials. So that's how we started off. And uh, now here we are. Okay, got it. And yourself as a as a background, as an entrepreneur, most people aren't really born entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs are made is, made is what I truly believe. What was your What is your professional background? What was your initial tra trajectory in life before you decided to pivot and, you know, uh, gravitate towards entrepreneurship? Yeah, so uh, being in the computer science, uh, you know, uh, we have been working a lot, lot on the technology-related products. And uh, what fascinated me was... Uh, real world problems, uh, mm -hmm. problems that you know, people are facing. And um, for me, it was more on uh, the Muslim space, like where a lot of innovation uh, is not going place. Uh, when you talk about big companies uh, or even in Christianity, uh, there are a lot of solutions and platforms for them. Uh, mm -hmm. But when you talk about Islam or Muslims, uh, they are very 
less platforms and solutions available. So I thought about like the market is great uh, and why not something that comes within uh, this community rather than coming from outside the community. So that's where I thought about working on such solutions, which are not only uh, helpful for Muslims, but also disruptive in a way that can uh, be disrupt and that can be more scalable, uh, like millions of Muslims can benefit from it. Okay, got it, definitely. And so it, it sounds like it stemmed from a, yourself from a passion to try to create something that you felt would make a difference. And did you always see yourself as an entrepreneur growing up? Did you always feel like you would you were the type who wanted to create their own thing versus you know just working and kind of within your company and within your organization and sticking to that? Yeah, so uh, like just to give you a, a brief uh, background, in 2014, uh, when Apple Watch and Google Glass was coming out, uh, so that was the time I started my first company, and uh, the the wearable technology was at uh, at high point, and uh, that's how I got that uh, idea of having a wearable product for Hajanumra. So. It's all about uh, having a product-focused mentality where we can create products uh, and solutions that are more disruptive and more uh, impactful. Mm -hmm. Got it, hundred percent. So, for you specifically, is, is, are there any other entrepreneurs in your family, or is it just you right now at the moment? Do you know of any other entrepreneurs, or are you the first? Uh, I am. Uh, you can say the second. Uh, okay. My, yeah, like my father was in uh, the Emirates airline and uh, my mother uh, was an entrepreneur for a lot of time. Uh, so I got the inspiration from there as well. And it's all about like, for me, it, it was a passion to work on uh, my own thing rather than working on something for someone else that is less impactful and mm -hmm. something that I cannot own at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Got it. And without, tell me about it. What is it exactly? You mentioned it's a place for Muslims to connect with each other, to share content and that the, the, the space was lacking. So what is the problem that you saw in the market and how are you fixing that problem right now? Sure. So as Muslims, you know, uh, when we go out and we search for content, uh, it's mostly on YouTube or Facebook or Instagram. And there uh, you have to search through different uh, like accounts, profiles, and channels, and then you can find the best Islamic content. Mm -hmm. So for, for us uh, as Muslims, we, we, we are definitely looking for something better, which is more curated and more focused on the user experience side. So mm -hmm. that's how I thought about this idea where we can uh, focus on a platform which is uh, dedicated for the Islamic content and people can experience high quality content, which is curated. And it's focused on storytelling. Got it. What makes your platform different than, you know, as you mentioned, going and browsing on YouTube or, or, or you know, researching for lectures yourself? Why, why is it that people should download the robot uh, instead of just continuing to browse on YouTube like they're, like they're used to, right? Sure. Uh, so when you browse on YouTube, uh, like mostly for the new generation, Gen Z and millennials, uh, I think uh, there, there is a lot of uh, unauthentic content, which is focused on uh, like hate speech and uh, mm. controversy. So YouTube doesn't filter out that content for you. Uh, it just gives you based on your keyword search. 
Uh, and what we feel is that in this modern age where you just have to click through a few searches and you find the content and you consume it and based on that uh, consumption of that content, you build a narrative around that, that, mm -hmm. uh, hey, I watched that video and they said this, this, this. So that's what I think is right. Uh, and in reality, uh, we don't do uh, our own research like what that person said, is it right or wrong? So people are more tend to consuming content quickly and just getting the knowledge wherever they can find. Uh, on Dropped, uh, it's basically all authentic content, uh, content which is focused on uh, the, the, the peaceful side of Islam and nothing uh, hate speech or no controversial content out there. And we are bringing in some of the most influential voices and in the Islamic world which are building uh, authenticity and also helping us to uh, shape this platform in a way which is more beneficial for Muslims. Mm -hmm. And where does the name Rabd come from? Uh, Rabd comes from uh, like the Arabic word of connecting. Uh, so it's for us, it's about connecting Muslims with the soul of Islam, uh, which is uh, the true teachings of uh, Prophet uh, Muhammad Sallallahu and uh, the holy book of Quran. Got it. Love it. It's beautiful. And you had this idea and you wanted to actualize it. And I know you mentioned you have a computer science background yourself. Now, was it you who actually went on to code and develop the entire thing? And was it, has it just been you this whole time? Or have you, did you then, once you came up with the idea, go and look for a co-founder, build the team? What was the process like or the steps that you've taken essentially to go from the idea to, to launching the, the platform? Sure. So uh, uh, I have known uh, like my co-founder since the three years now, mm -hmm. and he was based in Bahrain. And since then, uh, we like planned about this uh, platform for the Islamic content. And uh, he has experience in marketing and sales and um, uh, working with some of the prominent companies in the region. So he had that marketing and sales experience. I had uh, the product experience so uh, we combined on uh, working together to get started with uh, just first identifying what are the gaps and then uh, i worked on the product and uh, how that product can be beneficial for uh, the end user and mm -hmm. since then we have been doing the user experience design and then uh, developing the mvp uh, so now we have uh, a team of uh, developers as well as uh, designers who are working on the product and alhamdulillah, the product is live now. Alhamdulillah, that's awesome. That's good to hear. And it's available on both Apple and Google. So Android and iPhone, essentially. Correct. Yeah. Awesome. And, you know, I know that what you just stated is like a, a thousand foot view of, of the journey. But for someone listening to this, because our podcast caters to other, <clears throat> other Muslim entrepreneurs who might be listening to this and like, okay, cool. I found a co-founder, but like now... I need to build a team. Like, how do I get the money? How do I, what, what does it look like? Should I give them equity? Should I do this? Should I do that? So for you, how did you go about it? Did you then with your co-founder go and look for investors to finance your team? Did you give them a share and make them equity partners? What did it look like for you to be able to build this in the early stages before you were, before you even launched? Right? Sure. Uh, so as I had two uh, startups experience before this, uh, having worked in the UK and in the Middle East. Uh, so that gives me a lot of um, experience in terms of uh, to identify the gaps, like uh, which 
co-founder should I add in the, the team and what mm -hmm. value they bring in. And, and, and I had the experience of fundraising, having worked with and raised funds for my previous companies. So mm -hmm. I knew my strong areas. And based on that, I uh, brought in the team and uh, the people that can help me to achieve those goals. So uh, it's all about like you, you need to understand your business, where it is at that point, and where do you want to go? And once you identify that, then you can bring in people that can help you achieve those uh, targets. And in terms of the fundraising, uh, like after my co-founder joined, uh, we raised the, the initial pre-seed investment last year. That mm -hmm. was in March, April. So mm -hmm. since then, uh, we have developed the product, launched it into the market, and Alhamdulillah, we have over 30,000 users now. Alhamdulillah, that's really, really good to hear. I love that. And, you know, in terms of the fundraising parts, because that's a question that we often get a lot from people. Oh, I'm looking for investment. I need it to be halal. It can be interest, right? We have a lot of Muslim entrepreneurs out there. For you guys, how, how did you go about it? Did you build a pitch deck and then reach out specifically to investors that you trusted or you wanted on the, on the board? Or, I mean, what was the process like for you? So surprisingly, uh, like being um, a company which is focused on Muslims, mm -hmm. we were expecting Muslim investors that they'll be showing more interest in our company. Mm -hmm. But uh, it, it worked the other way where um, uh, an accelerator program, which is based out of US, they mm -hmm. invested in our company and they showed uh, a lot of hope and uh, they supported our company in terms of building this platform, which they, they know that it has uh, an impact for mm. 1.9 billion Muslims. So mm. uh, uh, fundraising uh, has been a lot difficult uh, recently in, in this time where you see a lot of uh, the markets going down and uh, investors are not keen to invest uh, quickly. Like they need a lot of time, plus they, they need to see a lot of uh, metrics in the company uh, if they are achieving those. So overall, uh, like interacting with a lot of investors from uh, different regions uh, like Malaysia, Indonesia, and in terms of um, Middle East, US, uh, what we have seen is that investors in Malaysia, Indonesia, or in uh, the US region are mm -hmm. more interested uh, to invest in this company rather than uh, investors who are based in the Middle East. So mm -hmm. overall, that is, uh, you can see the landscape. Got it. Thank you very much for sharing those insights. And the biggest challenge with most platforms is getting users on the platform once they launch, right? Spreading the word, getting people to find out about what it is that you're doing and signing up and using it. And for you, what was it like or what strategy did you use to market the platform and attract your initial users? Sure. So uh, for us, uh, we knew that uh, if we get uh, some percentage of our target market, which is Gen Z and millennials, uh, that would have a huge impact. And the people that we onboarded in terms of content creators who have great followings in uh, the young generation in uh, Muslims, uh, we knew that they, they'll be a catalyst in terms of our growth. And they did prove out to be uh, a catalyst when we onboarded them, we did uh, some featured posts for them. And uh, when people got to know, uh, it was just like uh, spreading the word through word of mouth and uh, also, like we spent like less than two thousand dollars in marketing uh, for all the users that we have acquired. So uh, it's all about how you uh, utilize uh, your current resources or what you have uh, 
as a company. And uh, since then, we have been receiving a lot of interest from other content creators who came to know uh, from other friends and family. And they would like to offer their content, uh, which is on different platforms on Roth. Okay. So yeah, that's so you, how. So, so you focused your approach on the content creator specifically um, and, and, and they essentially promoted them and then that that was able to, through that you were able to essentially attract the audience um, by promoting the content that you were putting out on the platform, if I understand Correct. correctly. Correct. Okay. And also uh, the other key thing was uh, partnering with uh, the Islamic organizations uh, and institutes that are working in the Islamic education. Uh, so we did onboard uh, institutions from US, from UK, from Pakistan, and now uh, we are focused on onboarding organizations that are based in Malaysia and Indonesia because uh, for them, uh, it's the, there's a different language there and we, we want the content to be localized there in their language so that they can also understand it. Got it. And right now, is this platform monetized or not at the moment? So right now, uh, the platform is not monetized till today, but uh, as we move on, we are planning to add uh, some um, like key things which will help us not only gain more user insights, like which uh, user listens to more content for one specific content creator, but also we are planning to generate some revenue. Uh, that is one of the factors which is limiting us in terms of growing into the next phase and also a key requirement by the investors uh, that they, they need to show some, uh, they need to see some revenue in the company so that they can invest. So, yeah. Definitely. And I know for uh, for platforms, especially Islamic platforms like privacy, security, uh, that's a big thing. And even with monetization, it's a lot more difficult than saying, well, okay, let's just like throw a few Google ads on there, right? Um, and so, I mean, for you, do you have any ideas of what you plan to do? Are you going to go towards the direction of memberships? Are you going to are you going to include advertisements, or have, are you, is it something you're still considering and you haven't made a decision? Yeah, so uh, we have been considering a lot of these options. Uh, the issue where uh, which comes for other platforms like YouTube, uh, they they show inappropriate ads for Muslim audience, and you know, uh, like when once you are utilizing or you are consuming Islamic content and you come across something which is non-Islamic. So your whole user experience get distracted. So that's what we are trying to achieve in Drop, where you get the best experience there uh, when you are exploring, searching um, and experiencing Islamic content. And in terms of uh, the monetization, it will be in a way which uh, helps the user to have uh, a gamification kind of experience where they they consume the content and at the same time they get some perks uh, like uh, for example we are planning to have something which uh, which is about if you listen to uh, like 50 to 100 hours per month you unlock some uh, perk or some uh, like a gift which can be sent over to you uh, and one of the uh, like a giveaway which we are thinking about is uh, sending people for Umrah or Hajj. So there's things that are connected uh, and people that can not only consume Islamic content, but they can also get closer to the religion. That's that's beautiful, mashallah. I love that, uh, you know, you're thinking through what possible initiatives and, and really tying it also back to the deen and what you could potentially do. Now, one of the questions that I do have for you in regards to 
your experience throughout this entire process is what advice you would give to someone who is listening to this, who has an idea for, for a business, for an app that they want to bring to life. What advice would you give them if they're in the early stages, they're about to embark on this journey? What, what for you has been the biggest lessons that, you know, if you could give these lessons to yourself two, three years ago would have made the whole, the whole journey a lot easier? Sure. Uh, I think it's all about learning from your mistakes, your failures, and uh, you never like you succeed at the first um, try that you do. Uh, it's always something that you learn from and you improve on that. Uh, so that's what I've experienced that uh, this space is a bit challenging because when you are pitching a Muslim product to a, a non-Muslim investor, uh, so that makes things more challenging where you have to make them understand that what the impact should be uh, on the Muslims and on Islam. And at the same time, when you're pitching to Muslim investors, uh, there are not many investors that are focused in Sharia compliant businesses or businesses that can have uh, impact on the Muslim audience. So these are a few challenges, but you can mitigate those uh, risks and challenges by uh, being more closer to the industry. Uh, like I am in connected with founders, uh, Muslim founders in US, in Indonesia, in, uh, in, the, in the Middle East. So I get insights and feedback from all of them. And that helps me to learn and make me improve uh, on my own business. Yeah, and it's definitely a learning journey, right? Always, there's always more to learn, always more um, to experience. And, and as you mentioned, entrepreneurship really boils down to being a, a a reiteration of trial and error, just constant trial and error and trying things and quote unquote filling and then trying trying something else and seeing what works. Um, sure. So thank you very much for sharing that. And it's very, if you're not willing to do that, if you're not willing to fail through the journey, you're not going to get very far, right? Because no matter what, you will fail. Like that is inevitable in entrepreneurship, That's uh, but the, 100%. But then the key is, are you going to let that stop you or is it, are you just going to understand what went wrong and then make the adjustments necessary to move forward, right? That's true. Um, 100%, brother. And, and so for you, I want to ask you, where do you see it up going in the future and where do you see yourself moving forward in the future as well? What can we expect from you guys uh, moving sure. forward? Sure. So uh, like right now, our focus is towards... Uh, uh, growing in the market, like a uh, few channels and few markets that we have identified, uh, like uh, Indonesia, UK, US, uh, Pakistan, India. Um, these markets have a lot of Muslims and uh, uh, initially our focus is towards these markets. And uh, we are onboarding content creators, scholars, nasheed artists uh, from these markets. And moving forward, uh, our aim is towards having a a personalized learning platform for Muslims where they can uh, have learning from Quran, Sunnah, and all of those important key aspects of Islam, which are necessary for a Muslim to know in their life. And that can make you a better Muslim and a better human. Uh, just to give you a, a simple example, like Apple City or Google Assistant, when you like send any voice command that what you're looking for, they give you personalized recommendations. And that's what we are trying to achieve uh, in the, inshallah in the next three to five years, uh, bringing in this platform where even uh, a, a very young Muslim child 
um, like within seven or eight years of age, they go on the platform, they ask uh, what they are trying to search uh, and they get answers, personalized search, uh, recommendation, content, and all of that that can help them to not only consume it, but also learn from uh, different things. So, yeah. Got it. Well, Jazakallah Khair for sharing that with me and for just sharing with me an overview of the story of Robt and how you guys got to where you are today. I'm looking forward to seeing what you end up building in the future. And um, really just thank you for taking the time to join me on this podcast. Jazakallah Khair, brother Hassan. Thank you so much. Jazakallah Khair for your time. Of course, it's a pleasure. And you guys know the drill, all right? If you guys enjoyed this episode, then make sure to go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. And also we'll drop you a little link to a bonus free training in the episode notes, as well as the link to download the Adopt app so you can check it out for yourself. So go in the episode notes and look at that. And we'll see you in the next episode, guys. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.